Dear brothers and sisters, redeemed by our risen Lord Jesus. There's a lot of excitement that comes with starting something new. There's that intoxicating smell of a brand new book when you crack it open for the first time. And, and you're just ready to be whisked away to a different time, in a different place. There's the satisfying rumble of literally starting the engine of a brand new car, preferably like a Mustang or something. There's the excitement of pressing play on a, on a brand new TV show on Netflix you've never seen before, and, you, and you're hoping you're going to get sucked in and, and relate with the characters. There's the nervous excitement of, of buying your own first house, stepping through that door for the first time, deed in hand, it's your house. There's the just indescribable excitement of standing at the wedding altar, facing your fiancé, about to embark on a new adventure together. <laughs> There's the exhausting excitement of bringing a new baby into this world. Found out about that one. But you just you find out how full your heart can feel as, as you hold your, your wife and your child in your arms. It's exciting. New starts are exciting. And when we set off on something brand new, the possibilities just seem endless. Our hearts are so full of hope for the future. The, the end of the story, it's just a distant speck on the horizon. Not worth thinking about. Not, not yet. New starts. They're so exciting. Of course, the, the older we get, <laughs> the more we come to realize that everything new gets old eventually. You kind of know this, that right, nothing in this world really lasts forever. That, that new book you had, it's probably sitting somewhere on a, on a dusty old bookshelf now. The new car starts to rust, break down. Even the best TV show eventually has to have a final season. That new house keeps needing more and more work until all of a sudden it's outdated. Too many marriages end in divorce before those, those wedding vows have a chance to see themselves through to the end. And, and children, they grow up way too fast. Everything new gets old. It's just the way things work in this world. For, for every new start, there's an ending. It's, it's the same old story. And we see it happen to us. We get old. At some point, we, we probably get a little outdated. And we start to see our own bodies breaking down just like the car. We, we have to face the, the truth that eventually we're going to have to go into a final season for our own life. There's a lot of plans we never really get to see through to the end. Life goes by way too fast. 
all of us here today, we all have different stories, unique stories. In the end, though, we, we all end up one day facing the same ending. Something common to all of us. If, if we're going to be talking about resurrection today, then that means we're going to have to first talk about the ugly topic of death. That same old story that plays itself out in every person's life. The, the, that one common thing that, that we all have to face at the end. The great equalizer. And I think it takes us a while as humans to kind of figure out just how final death is and how, how quickly it can end things. I don't think I ever really totally understood death until I was, I think, about nine years old. And before then, you know, I, I knew some of my great-grandparents had died. I was at their funerals. Uh, I knew one of my grandpas died before I ever got to meet him. I, I knew one of my cousins, who was the same age as me, died way too early. We visited his grave. But I, I didn't understand, really, yet. I didn't understand death. I don't think un until one day my mom walked through the front door, tears on her face. She was holding our cat named Angel. A cat that I got to pick out from the shelter myself. A cat that I'd been waiting to have for so long and asked her to, to get for me for so long. But Angel the cat, she had just been run over by a car. And I actually got to be the one to hold her as she breathed her last breaths. I saw her die. She was gone. I think then I, I actually realized the finality of death and how quickly it ends things and, and ends things before I was ready for them to end. A cat, of all things, taught that to me. You know, humankind has three big enemies outlined for us in the Bible. Uh, these, these enemies that continually hound us are sin, the devil, and death. Now, two out of those three enemies, they're kind of subtle. You don't really probably think about them that much. They're not very visible. Um, and a lot of people could probably say, sin, huh? Yeah, well, I'm not so bad. I'm, I'm not such a big sinner. There's a lot of people worse than me. I'm not too worried about sin. The devil? Uh, yeah, he's not real. The devil's the stuff of horror movies. I, I'm not too scared of the, the so-called prince of demons. But death, that one, we can't write off so easily, can we? We can't wiggle our way out of death's grip, no matter how hard we try. You see, death is our very visible sign that something is wrong. That things are not the way they're supposed to be. Death is not the ending we're hoping for. It's, it's too final, too harsh. But it's the ending we all have to face. Mary Magdalene felt the weight of death 
as she stood outside the tomb of Jesus, her friend and her teacher. Mary knew what it was like to have death make an unwelcome entrance into her life and end a good thing and end it before she was ready for it to end. Jesus had done so much for Mary. Jesus drove out seven demons from Mary. Jesus set Mary free. Jesus taught Mary the meaning of forgiveness. Jesus spoke with the authority of God himself. Jesus did things no one else could do. Jesus was different. Jesus was dead. And the the Romans, they knew what they were doing when they crucified people. Make no mistake, Jesus was dead. Definitely and very dead. And when he died, all Mary's hopes and dreams died with him. It looked like Jesus' story was just the same old story that happened to every other person who'd gone before. Jesus died. And perhaps no one felt the loss of Jesus more deeply than Mary. I mean, she kind of just makes this clear by the things she does and the things she says. Mary was one of the first ones there at the tomb that morning. She was there before the sun even came up. And Mary ends up being the last one to leave the tomb. She stayed, even when all the disciples went home. She stayed. She wept. The Greek word there, she sobbed loudly. Nothing else mattered. And as if things weren't bad enough, now the tomb is empty. One of Jesus' enemies must have come and taken his body. So now, not only had her, her good friend and teacher been, been brutally, publicly executed, now she didn't even have a chance to mourn over his body. But Mary, although she was crushed, she had to look just, just one more time in the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Why are you crying? When the angels asked this, were they actually curious about the reason for, for why Mary's crying? Or... Are they asking this question to get her to see? There's no reason to cry. Either way, the whole thing's kind of lost on Mary. It kind of just passes right over her. The fact that she just talked to two angels, she's still inconsolable in her grief. And and she's just so stuck on one thing. She she has to find what happened to Jesus' body. She's got to find where his body is. And the ironic part of all this is if Mary found what she was looking for, if she found the corpse of Jesus, then she would have cause to cry without ceasing. But then she turns around. She saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was, he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. 
Jesus' identity is hidden from Mary, at least for a few seconds here. And he asks her the same question. Why are you crying? Mary, once again, she's just stuck on needing to find the corpse of Jesus. The last thing she expected to see was a a living Jesus standing right in front of her. But, you know, this whole, this empty tomb and missing body wasn't the end of the story. It couldn't be the end of the story. That's not good enough. For all this to work, Jesus has to be alive. And then that, that supposed gardener says one word that changes everything. Mary. She looks up at him. It's Jesus. It can't be. But, but it is. He was, he was dead, but he's alive. And all at once, all of Jesus' promises must have come rushing back to Mary. Didn't Jesus say, I am the resurrection and the life? Didn't Jesus say, I will rise after three days? Didn't he say, whoever believes in me will also rise to eternal life? Because Jesus rose from the dead, all his promises were true. Mary was the first of of many who got to see her, her Lord risen from the dead. She cries out, Rabboni, my teacher. She clings to him, never to let go. Mary, of course, the first of of many to see the risen Savior after he rose from the dead. And maybe Jesus appeared to Mary first because she needed him the most at that time. He he doesn't, you know, she's just inconsolable with her grief, but he... He makes his resurrection personal for Mary. He doesn't just launch into this big explanation of how he came to be standing alive right in front of her. He doesn't just tell her, remember what I told the disciples, Mary, about rising after three days. No. He just says her name. Mary. And that's all she needed to hear. Her risen Savior calling her by name. It's all she needed to hear. Jesus' resurrection, it's for the whole world. But it's also personal. He makes that clear to Mary. And if your name is Mary, I'm jealous. You're lucky. You get to hear Jesus calling you by name right here, risen from the dead. If your name's not Mary, it's okay. We, we, can, we can put our own name here and fill in the blank to make it personal for us. Because Jesus' resurrection is for the whole world and it's personal. He calls you by name. He assures you that his resurrection is for you. And I wish that I, I could today have enough time to, to say this to each one of you Uh, person by person, name by name. Instead, I'm just going to say my own name. Please insert your name in place of mine. Because this is what Jesus' resurrection says to you. Eric, you don't need to worry anymore. Everything's okay. Everything's taken care of. Your sin, 
It's been, it's been put to death on that cross. It's not coming back. I have removed it from you as far as the east is from the west. You don't have to be scared of death. I descended into death, into the waters of death for you to, to claim you, to bring you back out. I conquered death. Eric, this is all for you, my resurrection. If death is our sign that something is wrong, then the resurrection of Jesus is our sign that all is well. If Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, we'd all still be kind of wondering, uh, okay, did the payment for sins go through? Was it accepted? Did it work? But because Jesus rose from the dead, we know, we know that that same old story of sin and death, that story, it's over. Something new has begun. Jesus rising from the dead is God the Father's amen. That all Jesus has done on our behalf is accepted, it is done. Jesus' perfect life successfully got swapped out, substituted for our imperfection. Jesus' crucifixion successfully put our sins to death and laid them to rest. They're gone. He rose from the dead, proving that the devil's head is crushed. His resurrection means that death has lost its sting, that death is not the end. He rose from the dead so that we will rise to life too. We'll rise from death to life. Jesus rose from the dead, proving that, that death is just another new start. One where we get to be in heaven with our Savior, where good things never end. Where death is not allowed entrance. Our salvation's a done deal because Jesus rose from the dead. Rising from the dead proved to Mary and to you that all his promises are true. All his promises. Jesus promised some good things. Jesus promised, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus promised, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus promised, I am going to my father's house to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. I am the way and the truth and the life. All his promises are true because Jesus rose from the dead. He is who he claimed to be. He has the power to do the things only he could claim to do to free us from sin and death. And Easter, Easter, it's the most important day in history. I'm glad that, that Ethan said that up here. It's the most important day in history, hands down. But Easter is, is so much more than, than just an event that happened about 2,000 years ago. Easter, 
is also the exciting new start God holds out to you today. Each day is a new start filled with, with endless opportunities to enjoy the, the good moments in life, to, to crack open that new book, and if you're weird like me, smell the pages, to, to start a new show you've never seen, to buy a new car, to be with the people you want to spend time with. God's mercies are new every morning. Each day is a new start for God to fill you with hope and healing for the pains of yesterday. Each day is a new start built on Christ's forgiveness to give you healing for the sins of yesterday. Each day is a new start, a new chance to share your risen Jesus with others. Remember what, what Jesus told Mary? Don't cling to me. Jesus, he wasn't going to ascend into heaven for another 40 days still. Mary was going to see him again. In the meantime, something important had to happen. Mary had to spread the word. She got to be the first messenger of the resurrection, the first of many who saw the risen Jesus. What an honor. And Mary just had to share the good news. I have seen the Lord. Let's follow in Mary's footsteps. Let's, let's share our risen Savior with others. That message that changes everything. And hey, let's, let's make it personal. Make it clear for people that Jesus rose to life for you. Because he loves you. Because he wants to be with you forever. That's a message worth sharing, isn't it? Jesus rose so all his promises are true. You can take him at his word. He backed it up with the miracle to end all miracles, rising from the dead. And Easter Day, a day that happened about 2,000 years ago, on that day, the chain of death's same old story was broken. Death had an un unlosing it never lost its its winning record until easter dawn death lost its grip on the sinless son of god finally death lost and now there's a new twist on that same old story of death for you too because death has lost its grip on you. Because you're already claimed. You're already safe in the grip of Jesus. He is risen. Amen.